Okay, hi. So my name is Carrie Johnston, and I am in Dakokata Haines Junction on the traditional territory of Champagnanajac First Nations. And my guest today is uh, Celine Vicaria. Uh, she's in Whitehorse, Kwanlin, on the traditional territory of uh, Kwanlin Dun First Nation and Ta'an Quiktin Council. Welcome, Celine. Thanks for having me. Uh, okay, so tell us a little bit about who you are as an entrepreneur. Sure. So I run a company called Smart Pop-Ups. It's Whitehorse Space and Yukon Wide. And I'd say you could kind of condense down or explain our services in two main ways. We work with organizations and governments to engage their audiences and create and lead really meaningful conversations. And I also work with businesses and entrepreneurs directly to help them find customers, uh, grow their businesses, and really increase their profits in ways that feel really great to them. Mm. And how long have you been in operation? Four to five years. I always forget the day, the year that I officially started. So it's four to five years. <laughs> and so we're in the midst of a global pandemic. What are you learning about your business model right now? Yeah, so my business model, the way Smart Pop-Ups was really um, created and how it began from the beginning was all about very experiential engagement marketing. So it was all about bringing community together to create those conversations and get people really excited about whatever it was that my clients were talking about. So experiential tends to be very in-person. It's very event-based. Um, and so what I would say has been the biggest shift for my business model is while online was always a big part of what we did, it's now more so. So the community building, the engagement, the really creating those conversations has moved more into the online space and has really used that space to activate a sense of community. Hmm. And so what are you learning about sort of your clients and customers right now? Yeah, I think so. It's interesting because I have a huge customer base that's nonprofits. And right now they are very much in a crunch of trying to figure out how to support their audiences the best they can. Um, and another huge section of my audience or my client tends to be, you know, entrepreneurs and arts organizations. And so I'll talk to that latter one a bit more because they're more in a space to really still be uh, creating marketing and creating those conversations and community right now. And I think what I've noticed most is in this move to going online is losing a bit to be quite blunt and honest, a sense of their own value. So feeling that because the shift of services is going online, it needs to be free. Um, and that's one thing that I've spoken a lot about to my clients and to my community uh, since the beginning of the pandemic is just the importance of just because it's online doesn't mean it should be free if you're still offering that value, which all of them are. Hmm. And so then as a, as a leader in this sort of business space, how are you thinking about leadership a little bit differently? What have you changed? Yeah, I think the way that I've really been trying to show up as a leader to my community um, of the people who, you know, I talk to on a regular basis, basis about their businesses is just understanding what is it that they've needed throughout this transition, this very large transition, this very large shift, this very large almost um, call on our own resiliency, right? And seeing within there, where can I show up and really serve and where can I offer the most value to help them in the issues that they're facing right now as that change throughout the stages of the pandemic. So what that's kind of looked like is really ramping up the value that I'm able to offer to help support people in the situations and context that they're finding themselves in and the challenges that they're facing. 
If you had some like hot tips for Yukon entrepreneurs when it comes to being in a more online space, recognizing that a lot of our Yukon based businesses maybe didn't have much of a web presence or really any of a social media presence, uh, whether that's Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, what, what are kind of some of your hot tips or things that you business owners should be thinking about? Yeah, I think like the two big ones are what I mentioned a bit earlier about offering things for free versus paid. Um, so I'd love to chat a bit about that because I think that's a huge thing that a lot of businesses have been facing during this transition. And I think the big thing around that is understanding that one free stuff doesn't mean more clients. It doesn't mean your brand grows because at the end of the day, there's still a lot of people need to invest time in you for free. And so you still need to make the same value proposition to them. You still need to build a community of raving fans who want your stuff, whether free or paid. And as an organization or a business, you need to be really strategic in understanding how free leads to paid. To just offer free things all the time isn't going to be what supports or sustains your business during a pandemic or long term at all. It needs to be a strategy and it needs to be really tapped in to understand your audience so well and what it is that they truly need from you right now and in the future and using that to create your suite of products or services. So I'd say that's the one big thing about the online space is just because people think it's online, it needs to be low value, it needs to be free, and that's absolutely not true at all. The other big thing I'd say that businesses can do right now um, or anytime in the online space is understanding how to use it as a channel to grow a community around their brand. So that's really what it is. It's not traditional marketing that we are used to and that a lot of us are still trying to use social media as, right? A lot of us are still trying to be like, well, I just put out an ad and I throw it at people and why aren't people buying from me? And that I think is like one of the biggest misconceptions and ways that you're going to lose a lot of your time, a lot of your energy and a lot of your money in the online space very quickly. Hmm. So do you have any advice then for somebody who's maybe even an emerging entrepreneur, not somebody who's transitioning or pivoting their business, but somebody who's like, hey, I want to start a business, even though it's a pandemic? Yeah, I super support. I actually had a client who started a business during the pandemic and had two clients, new clients right out the gate. So it is doable. <laughs> Just because we're in a pandemic doesn't mean people still don't have needs, that they still don't have goals, and that some cases those goals are actually heightened because of the stressful situation that we are in. They have a higher need for products and services than they did before. Um, so it's important to realize you can still have market potential right now. So I think one of the biggest things for new entrepreneurs or people who wanna start a business right now is kind of the same thing I would say whether there's a pandemic or not is two big things. Is one, you need to be building a community around your brand right out the gate, even if you don't have a product or service yet, it's never too soon to start building a community. And in fact, the way that my business started is that it wasn't a business when it started. It was a community that I was building around a brand that grew so much that when I had the business launched, when we actually launched the business, it already had an audience of people ready to buy from it. Um, and the other big thing is for entrepreneurs at any stage, but especially also new entrepreneurs, is noticing that mindset is a huge part of business success. And if you're struggling with thinking any of these thoughts, if you have thought one of these thoughts in the past few months, oh, I can't start right now because it's a pandemic, 
who will buy from me? No one's gonna be able to want to pay my full prices right now. If you have thought any of those, that is just actually a mindset story that your brain is telling you right now that you need to work through if you wanna have a successful business. So for new entrepreneurs, I would say, start right there and ask yourself every time you haven't started or you said to yourself, it's not the right time, actually investigate, is it not the right time or is there some other story going on there? Can you just explain a little bit in more detail what you mean? You've used that term community a few times. Can you just explain what that means to somebody who's maybe not familiar with the social media environment? Sure, that's a great question because that word has so many meanings. <laughs> um, and really what it is is there's a couple different ways to build businesses. And what I'm finding with the people that I work with is that the businesses that a huge new subset of entrepreneurs are wanting to build is not about just selling a thing because it's going to make them money. They're selling a service or a product because they really believe in it and they like what it offers people. And they want to be in a business that feels like a place they want to show up every day, not just because of a dollar sign. They want to be in a business where they feel like they have really strong relationships with the people who are buying from them, where they feel like they are supported, where they feel they are supporting others, and where they feel like they can show up as a leader. And that is really what a community is. And that is 100% possible in building a business. You can have a business that feels like home, that feels like a place you want to be, that's based on relationships, that feels authentic to who you are, and where the way you're showing up is something that you're excited to do, that you're proud to do, that you're not feeling this icky feeling about. In your community, in your sort of client base within your business, is that really centralized here in the territory, or is your client base sort of you know, what's your, what's your spread? What's, where's your community at? Yeah, it's actually um, gotten in the past year, gotten in the past year, I'm not sure that's a real sentence, but it's become in the past year a lot more worldwide. So one of my recent clients was from New Zealand, um, which was really exciting. I have a client right now who's in the UK um, and the people who I talk to on a daily basis are all over the place. So they're not all located in the Yukon. There is definitely a huge part of them that are in the Yukon, especially because of all the in-person um, events that I was doing in the past couple years around my brand, but they're everywhere, which is really exciting for me, but also because I love connecting people and it feels really great to be able to connect people from across the world. Mm. So as the Yukon kind of talks about reopening and, and we sort of like are moving through these phases of reopening, like yesterday, chief medical officer talked about like what phase three might look like for us, which would be our sort of new normal. What are some of your hopes or aspirations or, or you know, goals or values that you'd like to see as the territory reopens and we talk about economic reconstruction? This is a very big topic and I have so many things to say, so I'll try to keep it a bit succinct. But I think one of the big things is that in a time of stress or crisis, a lot of those slight fractures or things can show up, right? Things that in times that are really good, we tend to ignore. And this is both on an individual level and on a society level. And I think this pandemic really raised for a lot of us individually where those fractures were in terms of like our own resiliency, our own ability to handle stress, um, our own support networks, 
our own businesses and where maybe we were not as strong as we thought we were or we hoped we were, right? As you had mentioned, like, are we in the online space? Are we in a situation at any point in time to be delivering and growing our business? Um, so I think one of my hopes is, and then I will also say on a societal level, like I think one of the things that I really noticed during the pandemic was um, with the slight a bit of surprise was which voices are heard and listened to the most and which ones are kind of ignored a bit. Like one of the things that became really apparent to me um, is, you know, the childcare conversation. I haven't really seen it being had on a very large scale and it is one that whether there's a pandemic or not is keeping a huge part of our community in terms of the Whitehorse Yukon community, in terms of the Canadian community, from being able to participate to the full extent they would like to in our economy. So I think my hopes going back into phase three and exiting, hopefully, fingers crossed, <laughs> a crisis mode, is that we don't ignore the lessons that we have learned, the uncomfortable things that have come up for us individually and on a societal level, but we use our new standing of feeling a little less stressed, a little less shaken, to continue those conversations and those learnings and actually start to repair them so that when we're hit with another crisis, whatever that looks like, we don't feel like we're falling apart as much. Mm. And so any sort of other worldview shifts for you? Any aha moments that have been like, oh, I'm not ever going to look at this the same way? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm the only one who's been like, whoa, it's so weird. I've had this huge year of self-growth and self-development, <laughs> which is nice. I think a lot of us have been like, oh, yeah, there's a lot going on inside of me that maybe I didn't know that maybe I should work on. Um, so I think that's definitely one of my biggest shifts that I've personally made uh, since the pandemic has started is really looking at my own um, things. I mean, I've learned a lot about brain science and how our brains wire themselves. And it's been fascinating to see that some of the things really holding us back are just patterns that our brain will automatically start to do. Um, and so encountering my own patterns and recognizing what's been holding me back in reaching my own full potential, um, that's something that I'll never again, luckily, hopefully, <laughs> look at the same way and that I'm really, you know, that's something that I work on every single day as part of my own self-care, as part of my own wellness experience and journey is working on my own mindset and encountering as often as I can and noticing those stories that come up for me that lead to a feeling of anxiety in my business, lead to a feeling of fear, and lead to me to not want to exit my own comfort zone for growth. Mm. So what have been some of your wellness practices as you're like tackling some of that big internal stuff? Yeah, I'd like to say eating healthier, but that's a lie. So <laughs> I'd like to say I don't eat like pizza at 11 p.m. almost every night, but that would be a lie. So I won't say that. <laughs> so really where I've been focusing is um, I think like I knew this about myself before, but it really forced me to face it in the pandemic as everyone moved into the stage of no routine is how much routine is essential to my own well-being and to my ability to actually do the things I want to do and achieve the things I want to achieve. So I've really worked hard to put a routine in place is one of the big ones and to, um, how do I say this? Like build self-trust in myself by keeping promises to myself. So not letting myself go against my own boundaries of having a routine. Uh, so that's been a big thing for sure. Another 
big one that I do every single day is I have in the morning, I like to start my morning with um, doing a gratitude journaling, <laughs> which you've probably heard from a lot of people, but it is amazing. And there is actually a lot of science behind it showing how much this impacts you on a day-to-day -day and a long-term basis, um, as well as doing a lot of mindset exploration and understanding those stories that I've been telling myself for pretty much my whole life and how they've shown up at different times in my life and working very slowly because it's not an overnight process as much as I wish it would be, but working very slowly and consistently through them. Hmm. Hmm. Any sort of songs, books, music, podcasts, or things that you'd recommend to, to the audience? Yeah, I've gotten hard back into the new wave genre. So anything by New Order as a pump up song, I have to recommend. <laughs> anything New Order, anything Depeche Mode, just get back into it. It's amazing. Um, and in terms of books, I've really been loving Atomic Habits. Um, it's all based on brain science around like how are how this is what i what i think underlies the whole book and maybe james clear who wrote it would disagree with me but basically the sense that nothing is an overnight huge effort a ton of impact right now journey that's not sustainable it's not realistic and it's not actually what gets you to where you want to be it's about making a one percent difference every single day consistently and the compound effects of 1% daily investment in yourself and whatever habit or routine or goal you have is what's going to lead to that huge growth over a period of a month, six months, a year. I, uh, I'm going to pick up that book. That's certainly something that I feel like I've been feeling and demonstrating in my own life, that idea of ritual, that idea of like digging into the stories that I've been telling myself, whether it's about relationship or my business or whatever it is and, and finding myself setting some of those routines and just working on like little bits every day, those gratitudes, all that sort of stuff has been, I know for me, transformative and really helpful. And what I love about that book too, which you'll find as you read it is you will notice how many things that you do right in your own life that are actually um, brain science approved or research approved to get you where you want to go. Like I realized I didn't know I was doing this, but I had decided a few years ago or a couple years ago, I wanted to exercise regularly. And so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10 AM, I did it every single day. And now if I miss a day or it hits like 10 30 AM, I start to feel antsy, but I can't for the life of me exercise on Tuesday or Thursday. And then when I read the book and read the research behind, like if you do something consistently enough, your brain will actually make it so it wants to do it. And if not, it feels uncomfortable. I was like, ooh, I just did that on my own. <laughs> Look at me, I'm a habit expert. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Cool, well, thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, thanks so much for the chat. Great, okay, see you, bye.